Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. With me today, Kieran Deal. Dressed like a pirate. I'm the only one who came dressed. And Megan Gailey. I'm dressed for tomorrow. Yeah, when this comes out. It comes out on not Halloween. Yeah, which is, I'm dressed November festive. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you guys are dressed. They're dressed, actually, the irony is you both look incredibly chic today. (laughs) And I'm, uh, I'm just dressed. Like a, I have an eye patch around my oh you t- around oh, my neck. I really I went for this. Her. Listen, I got an email, guys. <laughs> this week, Megan Gailey and Kieran Deal join me to discuss why paying women to lie about Robert Mueller is a real dumb idea. And we talk about Kavanaugh's triumphant Georgetown Prep homecoming and why the blue wave still depends on you. Then we talk to Oregon Governor Kate Brown about her close re-election fight and why it should matter to the rest of the country. And then actor and activist Amber Heard joins us in studio to talk about safety work that women do. And it wouldn't be an episode of Hysteria without the Hills Will Die On. Aaron and I, feel and like I an asshole. are dressed like we're meeting our boyfriend's parents. We are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the costume we're in. Good girlfriend. High neck. Yes. Mine ties. But anyway. You guys are in a, a costume I would call so pretty. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so pretty. You. Yeah. Thank so pretty. I blew dry the front of my hair. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And the back is sopping wet. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Let's get into a little bit of housekeeping before we dive into the news from this week. Housekeeping. I'm guest hosting Love It or Leave It Again this week so you can hear that episode saturday if you don't like listening to female voices you should not listen to that i mean it's always half women anyway so i don't you should just not listen to it if you hate listening to women talk but if you do i'm guest hosting also election day is tuesday (gasps) you can see it we can see it it's it's so close aka crooked christmas (laughs) (laughs) oh it's like some kind of combination of like christmas and new year's the nightmare before christmas and finals <laughs> it's like christmas and finals combined yeah. into christmas one thing christmas and the nightmare before <laughs> <Yeah>. christmas <laughs> we don't know what year 
will be. <laughs> oh man, blue wave, blue grave. But it is here. It's oh, it does you have a, folks. It does have a you. finals because it's like, well, we've done all the preparation we can, and we might fail. Yeah, now we got to stay up for twenty four hours. And record another episode of Hysteria. I'm going to be flying on Tuesday. Oh, cross man. country. Well, good for you. You can miss some of it. Yeah, I think I will. Yeah. First news item today. Did you guys hear this like bonkers story that broke earlier this week about a plot against Robert Mueller uh, arranged and organized by the most inept henchman <laughs> of all time, basically? It's like House of Cards gone wrong in real life. It's like it wasn't supposed to be a sitcom, guys. It wasn't House of Cards. It's just 52 pickup. They just threw all the cards <laughs> on the ground. It was, never even a, it was never even a house. So in case you're not familiar, basically the FBI has now is now looking into an alleged plot to pay women to concoct false sexual assault claims against special counsel Robert Mueller. This is bonkers. Like I said, on October 17th, journalists started getting emails from a woman named Lorraine who says that she'd been offered $20,000 by a man who alleged to be working for a company called Surefire Intelligence, which is a <laughs> stupid name. All of this is stupid. Lorraine told reporters that the man asked, via an encrypted app, I want you to make accusations of sexual misconduct and workplace harassment against Robert Mueller, and I want you to sign a sworn affidavit to that effect. So they offered her $20,000, and then uh, Lorraine says that they also offered to pay her credit card debt, and Lorraine says that he knew exactly how much credit card debt she had. So when reporters followed up on the contact info for the man, they were told they were in over their head. There was some kind of like bad gangster movie dialogue that they were fed. Um, and also it's not really clear that this Lorraine character even exists in the first place, who she is, because she hasn't come forward and, and talked to, to the media beyond this. I'd like to get to the bottom of this with a company called I'm Not an Idiot Productions <laughs> and make a documentary about it. Federal Bureau of Idiot Finders is looking into it. Yeah, I don't know if a woman would pick Lorraine as their fake name. I use Lorraine as my fake name, you but that do? was not me. Yeah, because if you rearrange the letters of Aaron Gloria, Gloria Ryan, it spells Lorraine Grainy, which I think is a hilarious. That is a cute name. I was thinking like Lorena Bobbitt. Like if it was Lorena, I'd yeah. be like, I understand that. That has some very good historical relevance. It's yeah. very funny that you're like, who would name themselves Lorraine? And Aaron was like, me. me. <laughs> I, absolutely. So one, one in three was like, I would totally if, use that fake name. There's, 3% of women. <laughs> if there's ever an anonymous woman floating around and her name is Anastasia, it's me. <laughs> good Ooh, to know. That's I my, like that. That's my name of choice. It's, it's, it's flightful. It has some fancy in the Thank movie you. and yeah. Mickey was dressed with the wand and the robe. Yeah, I'm not even it. thinking of that one. I'm thinking of the Russian. Yeah, the cartoon Russian that's like the knockoff Disney. Yeah. That had really good music in anyway. it. Yeah, Fox. I yeah. also believe this might have been some actual tragic novel, maybe. Oh, it was. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. it's Copy about that. the fall of the Russian monarchy. Well, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, they also made into a movie, which, why did they do that? Yeah. An animated movie. You can be Esmeralda. That can be your name. You're also wearing a kind of Esmeralda yes, outfit. Yes, this is very Esmeralda. This is a pirate. I'm a pirate wench. <laughs> Who brought a Nixon mask? Huh? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Mm. I am seeing it on the table now. I'm, I'm not wearing that. Okay. So the, so this Lorraine character that we don't know if she's real or not uh, was not the only woman who got reached out to by this uh, surefire intelligence company. Jennifer Taub, who's an associ associate professor at Vermont School of Law, was also approached. And she said that she received an email, didn't even respond, and immediately forwarded it to the FBI. So here's where it gets kind of wacky. So... Uh, Jacob Wall and uh, Jack Berkman 
two uh, conservative fringe figures, I guess, uh, started making noise earlier this week about uh, com- an incoming Mueller harassment story. But Berkman said that Surefire Intelligence was actually run by Jacob Wool, and then reporters started digging into Surefire Intelligence and found that its phone number redirected redire- to Jacob Wool's mom's <laughs> voicemail. <laughs> And that Jacob Wool's name was all over the company's domain registration. The company was only incorporated a few weeks ago. And uh, my second favorite thing after the mom voicemail thing, according to Vox, (laughs) profiles of alleged surefire intelligence employees on LinkedIn were actually photos of celebrities. Not not like any like well-known celebrities like Bar Raffaele and Christoph Waltz were pictured as employees of surefire intelligence. This man reminds me of the guy from the Tanya Harding store who was like <laughs> at his mom's house like eating nachos throughout the movie her former bodyguard this uh, is like the same level of intelligence we're dealing with i feel like it's surefire it's surefire it's surefire god i just this guy tw- he's 20 and no he, yeah and he was investigated for some like stock fuckery before this and he's before this he was well known for also kind of Replying to Donald Trump's tweets that were like, Father, you are so majestic. You know, just these ridiculous, like, culty responses. And uh, so it's like, you know, this seems like the sort of plot that he would be intellectually capable of executing. I just can't believe that he thought he could take on, he could outsmart Robert Mueller. Like, imagine, imagine what it would take to believe that you could out- outsmart Robert Mueller. Well, I also think it's interesting because this is what they blame liberals of like doing mm-hmm. and it's like oh of course this is why they think people do this because this is what they do mm-hmm. like no one else would actually do this right well it's a confessing by accusing yeah and like that's that's the that's kind of where the story gets really depressing to me is like it sort of reminds me of do you remember when um when uh, there was a, another James O'Keefe was trying to get the Washington Post to fall for a fake Roy Moore accuser in the run up to the Alabama mm-hmm. Senate yeah. election at the end of 2017. And it was like, we have enough acu- real accusers. Yeah, right. Exactly. But, it, you know, it kind of demonstrated how hard it is to fabricate a, a sexual assault allegation that actually gets published by a reputable news organization. And yet these people still think it's something you can do. You can use sexual assault as like a political bargaining chip. And that's what it is. Yeah. On the plus side, maybe if we could all just internalize the confidence of that uh, that incompetent 20-year-old, 20-year-old. surefire intelligence executive, <laughs> we'd all be running the world. Yeah. Huh? I guess maybe in the in the days leading up to the election, we should imagine, like, like live your li- canvas with the confidence of a 20-year-old oh, God. Jacob Wool, phone bank with the confidence of a right-wing provocateur who uh, believes that he's got a, a real... Mueller busting case on his hands. I've said it before, and I'll say it on record here. I think 19 and 20 year old men are the worst people on the planet. But but if you could take that confidence and put that inside yourself with all of your competence, oh my god. I know, but I I like having some amount of self awareness, and I think they lack that. Yeah, and I think that's really their Achilles heel. Yeah. Well, here we are now. <laughs> now we might get a Jacob Wall perp walk which would be lovely for me especially if it comes in time for the holidays (laughs) (laughs) okay next news story this is really depressing and i'm sounding very sunny but it's because we're recording later in the day than we normally am and i didn't Mm -hmm. literally just wake up um so there was this article in the new york times this week about brett kavanaugh returning to georgetown prep for homecoming and the guys there the bros at georgetown prep just hailed him as a conquering hero 
Um, he attended several events, including the weekend's first called a stag night, where he just pretended everything was fine, chatted about his new job, and relived his glory days watching the varsity football team defeat Episcopal High. Goddamn Episcopal High. Why couldn't you at least <laughs> beat Georgetown Prep? I bet Episcopal's us- got some skeletons, too. <laughs> I'm sure. Any kind of high with a religion <laughs> attached to it has some problems. He uh, mingled, and he replied that he's hanging in when an attendee asked, asked him how he was doing. Hanging in. That's, that's good that he's doing good. He was wearing the same dark suit and blue tie, it looked like, that he wore to his second uh, Senate Judiciary hearing at one of the alumni events. That's crazy. That definitely made me think he needs to listen to hysteria and maybe (laughs) decide to use Stitch Fix or some (laughs) other such program and get a couple more outfits. You're now you're a judge for fuck's sake. Also, burn that suit. Like, isn't don't you have some bad juju Juju on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Brett. He should at least sage it. He should sage it. Sage the suit. Sage the suit. But he also posed for pictures with former classmates. They all lined up to take their take selfies uh, with Brett Kavanaugh. The younger kids did. Um, and uh, the recently appointed school president, the Reverend James R. Van Dyke, commented that the firestorm around the nomination had united the class of 1983 and the entire school. This is from the New York Times. Over cheers, he was quoted saying, the loyalty that you have to each other, the way you have looked after each other, and not just in the big stories, but also a lot of the small stories. Basically, the Kavanaugh hearings was a bonding experience for the bros at Georgetown Prep. What do you make of that, Kieran? So so I remember, okay, Larry Summers was the president of Harvard and said that women were incompetent and that they didn't belong in science because of biology, and he made all of these gaffes when he was president of the university. He was in the Clinton administration, and then he kind of had to step down from the post, and I was there when, like, the class was graduating, like, that class was graduating, and there was, like, this was in the church, and it's like, Larry, and everyone kind of knows that he's really fucked up, like that he's really a mess. I've said fuck a lot of times this show. It's wow. fine. Is it okay? It's is a that, podcast. Is that allowed? You can oh, say it wow. as much as you fucking want, wow. Karen. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but I remember he was up there, and I know a lot of those people thought he was an idiot, but there was like this chant, this like, everyone was like, Larry, Larry, <laughs> Larry, Larry. And it was like, it was, it was so surreal, bizarre, and hilarious. And, like, I think he took it seriously, but I know that it wasn't... I know that there was a twinge of irony to the whole thing. So part of me wonders, it's like, if you are 14, 13, this guy's a Supreme Court justice, you see Brett Kavanaugh. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, well, this motherfucker, I'm going to get a selfie. That doesn't excuse the adult's behavior, but... Yeah. I mean, I I can see that maybe being part of it, but also, like... The the way that they're talking about, oh, I, are you okay? Like, that he just went through something. It, it's just, it, it made me think as I was reading this, like, do men actually, do they hate us? Do they really, really hate us? Do they just not see us as people at all? Like, how many times do we have to say we're people before they they stop pretending that they're just learning that information anew every single time we say it? Like, I just... And also, like, is there any hope for future generations? I don't know, Megan. Did, did you feel bad after you read this? Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm, you sent the link, and I was like, I don't even want to click on this. <laughs> like, I knew it wasn't going to be, like, shame on you. Um, I, yeah, it's horrible. I, 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 I do think it's good that he was seen not drinking. I think that's <laughs> yeah. going to take anything. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, maybe he's got a sponsor now, and he's <laughs> working. And they were – it's – 
in my sorority, in like all sorority photos, you were not allowed to have beer in it, like even a solo cup because it was like, we can't encourage drinking. And I'm like, wow, we are on the same level as the Supreme Court. This is really <laughs> incredible, little Kai Omega. I had no idea. <laughs> I think it's terrible. I, I think it responds to, do they hate us? I think they see us as speed bumps and hurdles that get in the way of their path to success. And they don't see their own actions as what is actually what he went through is because of something he did, not something that was put upon him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, it, yeah, it's horrifying to 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 see that the younger generations buy into that too. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably a lot of all boys schools. I, I know my boyfriend has like looked into what his all boys school is up to, and, mm. and if you look at those videos, it's a Trump rally. These are very very affluent boys a lot of mobility in terms of what they can do and they're in Trump hats. And that's what's like truly frightening because we do keep talking about like we need the younger generation. And I think so many of them are on the right path. I mean, I'm watching all of Taylor Swift's Instagram stories and feeling very (laughs) inspired, but there is this sort of, gosh, I, I would like to say subculture of wealthy white that very much buys into what happened to Brett Kavanaugh is a travesty because this is a, a good guy who came from a good family. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that kind of segues nicely into what I wanted to say about Election Day. Tuesday, it's in sight. And I've been thinking, I think about 2016 a lot. I think about the weeks leading up to Election Day in 2016. And I think about how goddamn cocky I was about how Hillary was going to win. Everybody knew Hillary was going to win. It was just a matter of like by how much and how embarrassing was it going to be for Trump. And we were all so cocky and confident. I think we were we were relying on polls and information and spin that turned out not to be reliable. And I think that, you know, 2016 was a historically low turnout election. And I think if more people knew what was at stake and what could have happened, I think more people would have shown up. And moving into t- into Tuesday, we are hearing a lot of stories about the blue wave like oh how much are democrats going to win by it's only you know it's not a matter of if it's a matter of how much and i just think everybody needs to ignore that pretend like you have a crystal ball and it is the day it it is the the final days before the 2016 election and you know what could happen because you do know what can happen and we do know that in the recent past like the media has failed us and all we can rely on is the work that we can do and uh the ability that we have to get out and do everything we possibly can I also wanted to kind of talk about, you know, the last seven days have been pretty dark. I mean, this is like a kind of evergreen statement at this point. Yeah. I feel like I could get it tattooed on the inside of my wrist and just it would always it would always. It's not evergreen this week. I'm wearing a pirate costume. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's the one bright spot in my week. But, I, you know, I think about the people in Pittsburgh and the Jewish community and I think about the immigrant community and I think about the way that this like vulgar and awful president has tried to use them as part of like a kind of gross political ploy to drum up fear and to excuse his own awful behavior. And I'm tired of seeing him do his like sick stand-up comedy in front of a a mob of of people who are deeply disturbed and hateful. Yeah, I never get a crowd that hot. Yeah, but... But one of the things that, you know, I, I don't we, mean looks wise. <laughs> I mean, they're beautiful. I'm, no, I'm just saying like he's going up in front of a crowd that's like, ah! I'm like, it's not even that good at late night. 
yeah. tough. It's an uphill battle. Right. It's a He's a person who's always wanted to be funny and was never funny, Ugh. and now people think he's funny. But here's the thing. None of the things that he's doing and none of the ways that he's being disgusting can change the fact that on Tuesday we can all vote. And we have several days between now and then that we can get as many people as possible to also vote. So we'll worry about the next fresh hell when that comes along. But for now, we have to focus on Tuesday and, and push through the end. And that concludes my pep talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, right. I know. I love the way I was like. Also, a lot of gloom and doom yeah. in that pep talk. I know. No, that was a good halftime speech. I think you need to be pragmatic. I think you need to be exceptionally pragmatic going into these things. You need to prepare yourself for the worst. And and like, you know, Maisie Hirono, when we talked to the senator from Hawaii on this show, she said she said a phrase, uh, quiet determination, which I think is is really good when the other side is trying to rile us up. And the best thing we can do is just like put our heads down and like just fucking do it because we can. And if you are a person who gets very discouraged like I do, I, I would I would say remember that in in the span since Trump has been elected, Me Too has happened. There's mm-hmm. been amazing women's rallies that have, you know, that have mobilized um, thousands and thousands of people across the country. And we have a ton of incredible women running in various um, elections mm-hmm. around the country in these midterms. So there is a mobilization and and try to put yourself on the side of that wave and that positivity going into going into next going into next week and going into the polls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. if you're overwhelmed with the sadness, for the next few days, social media is going to be infiltrated with babies and wigs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's <laughs> yeah, it is a Halloween good time, time out. You know, mm-hmm. like you can be like, listen, I got a canvas, and then if you're discouraged at any point, just. I saw a baby dressed up as Lieutenant Dan today. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a lot of joy. Hashtag baby Halloween. Yeah. Hashtag baby Halloween will really save us. It's it's really lucky that we have our election right after Halloween because that and voting. <laughs> yes. That and that and that and the fact that we can vote and should. Also, dog Halloween. That's a That's a it's good great. one, too. Dogs in wigs. Dogs in, in wigs. Cats in hats. <laughs> they don't like it. I tried to put a hat on my Never mind. Birds in hand. I don't have any animal (laughs) references. Sorry. Well, on that note, let's go into a rapid fire kind of last gasp of some candidates that we wanted to highlight. We have been going over some uh, women that we're excited about in different competitive races for the last several weeks. And we haven't gotten to all of them, but we're getting to another round and, and as many as we possibly can. So let's get started with that. I will start Deb Haland is a Democratic nominee in New Mexico's 1st Congressional District. If elected, she'd be the first Native American woman to serve in Congress. She is a fighter. She was at the front lines protesting the Dakota Access Pipeline. Deb Haland in New Mexico. So everybody in the land of enchantment, vote for Deb Haland. Katie Hill in California's 25th Congressional District. I think this is someone in California we've been hearing a lot about. People are very, very excited you're canvassing um, for her. I am canvassing for her on Saturday. I've done a benefit for her. I heard her speak last week. I think she's a wonderful candidate. I also, her district is typically should vote Democrat, but it's there's a lot of issues getting to polls, having child care. And so that's what everybody's sort of like focusing on right now, mm-hmm. making sure the people that do want to vote can get out there. She's not taking any money from corporations or super PACs. And her team is is young and good, and I feel like we all would identify with what they're trying to do Mm -hmm. very much. On the senator tip, Jackie Rosen is a Democratic congresswoman challenging Dirty Dean Heller. (laughs) Dirty Dean. Dirty Dean. Dirty Dean in Nevada. (laughs) 
Uh, before running for Congress, she broke barriers in the male-dominated tech industry working for major companies as a computer program and software developer. So that's pretty cool. Rosen for Nevada.com. And that race is really tight, too. Yeah. Like, she could she could flip it, and it's sort of, like, unexpected. Claire McCaskill, our girl Claire, incumbent Democrat in Missouri, we need her to win. She It feels like the last time that she ran, it was just she won because of the Todd Aiken legitimate rape thing. Like, mm. she has mm. always had to battle every single time she's ran for a Senate. She was the first woman elected to represent Missouri in the U.S. Senate. We need her to win. Support her if you're in Missouri or uh, visit ClaireMcCaskill.com. And we've got one more. Oh, for governor. Also such an exciting candidate, Stacey Abrams. I hope you all have heard of her and know what's going on down in Georgia. There's an uphill battle just because they've created this shitstorm against her. Um, but it is, it's just really incredible to see how many people have come out in support of her and what she's doing. She's running against Brian Kemp. He sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> she would become the first black female governor in the United States, which would, wow, I think really put a lot of money where our mouth is, is like, let's fuck up what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. So Georgia, peaches, come on, please. <laughs> All right, and you can always visit votesaveamerica.com if you want to learn more about what's going on in your state. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Oregon Governor Kate Brown. Governor Brown has held her office since the previous governor resigned in 2015 and won a special election in 2016. Prior to that, she was the first woman to serve as Oregon's Senate Majority Leader in 2008. Governor Brown is also the first openly LGBTQ person elected governor in the U.S. Despite being one of the most progressive governors in the country, she's currently locked in a surprisingly tight re-election bid. But I guess now the finish line's kind of in sight, huh? Here's what's key. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I've been drinking copious quantities of hot chocolate this morning. So <laughs> That sentence ended in a different way than I expected it to be. I've been <laughs> drinking copious quantities of, usually ends with something else, especially during this historical moment. Yes. So, Governor Brown, you're in a surprisingly close race right now with your opponent, Republican Newt Bueller. Yeah. Unlike some of the out and proud monsters running for office under the Republican ticket elsewhere, like Ron DeSantis in Florida... Bueller kind of represents himself as more of a moderate. Should we be more wary of Republicans who claim to be moderate? And is there such thing as a moderate Republican anymore? There are certainly such creatures as moderate Republicans. Unfortunately, my opponent is not one. I would put him in the faux moderate category, and I consider him a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, and I think all you have to do is look at his track record. Actions speak louder than words. He voted against legislation to ensure women would have access to reproductive health care in this state. He voted against funding for the Oregon Health Plan, guaranteeing 430,000 Oregonians would have access to health care. He's made millions of dollars from the health care industry, and he voted against legislation to make sure that every single child in the state would have coverage. He voted against the transportation package telling some group of voters that it was a tax increase and then telling editorial boards that it wasn't big enough. So this guy's a wolf in sheep's clothing. I like to say our former uh, Republican governor, who we all hold up as an icon, Tom McCall. Tom McCall is rolling in his grave every time he hears that. Why do you think it's so close right now? A couple of reasons. Uh, there has been a 
boatload. I could use another word of money being spent to discredit my leadership and halt our progress. So we have led this country in the last three and a half years with the most innovative, creative public policy. Let me give you just five examples. Number one, my automatic voter registration legislation. Number two, our work to ensure that every single woman in the state, regardless of their income, zip code, or immigration status, has access to the full complement of reproductive health services. Number three, the nation's first coal to clean, intentionally moving Oregon away from coal-generated electricity. I will confess, while it was first, we've now been eclipsed. Number four, our Oregon saves allowing Oregonians to leverage professional investors to save for retirement. I think that will also be a national model. And number five, our fair scheduling legislation. So we have literally kicked ass in terms of innovative, progressive public policy. There's a lot of wealthy interests out there that want to halt our progress. You are obviously aware that one person has spent, we think, close to $4 million to topple me Um, But there have been other several wealthy interests that have spent significantly. The timber industry has spent close to a million dollars. They want me toppled because I work to keep public hands and public lands, and they'd rather clear cut it. So folks want to halt our progress. They don't want to see strong, frankly, feminist leadership at the state level because it's certainly counter to what's happening in this nation's capital. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying, the sort of initiatives that you've championed as governor, sounds like things that a lot of uh, a lot of people nationwide would want to see in their respective states. Do you think that the interests that are trying to topple you are trying to topple you because they're worried that other people might get some ideas from what you're doing in Oregon? Ab- absolutely. Oregon has been a shining beacon of hope for uh, states and, frankly, progressives across the country. They want to make sure it ends on my watch and My job is to make sure that we keep Oregon moving forward. So this is obviously something that voters in in other states should care about, but why should they care about and how can they help in these waning days of the campaign? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons why uh, progressives, frankly, folks should care across the entire country. The states are the places where the action is at. Uh, I I listed our five innovative uh, groundbreaking bills, but we also have been able to make steady progress on common sense firearm safety for a Western state. That's pretty amazing. We've passed comprehensive background checks. We move forward on legislation to implement uh, red flag laws, allowing courts to take guns away from those who are danger to themselves or others. But we were the first state in the country to take action after the Parkland shooting, literally to close a domestic violence loophole. So I think it's critically important that we have strong leadership at the state level because the states are the places where we're GSDing, getting stuff done. Oh, so. And so <laughs> innovative public policy, number one. Number two, making sure that we have strong leadership to stand up to the Trump administration. And frankly, number three, in terms of state executive offices, this is the pipeline to the presidency. And if we want to have creative innovative executives. The governors are where it's happening. And so that's why I think people should care about these governor's races in terms of what people can do to help. I am a, I literally won my first race for the state house by seven votes. I will tell you that 20 plus years later, 
people still say to me, call, they now call me governor, obviously, Governor Brown, I was your seventh vote. I was the reason <laughs> that you won. So obviously voting, even if you're in Oklahoma or you're voting in Alabama or you're voting in Washington, it's critically important that you vote. In Oregon, we believe that your vote is your voice and every single voice matters. And you can always go online and send us money. That always helps. <laughs> just to switch gears a little bit, that seven votes thing is just incredible. That's so crazy. But I mean, it happens all the time in different races. But I wanted to switch to you using the word feminist to describe yourself. Yeah. The governor houses in the U.S. are, are very lopsidedly Republican and lopsidedly male. I think you're one of six female governors. When you use the word feminist to identify yourself and when you when you wear that label in the way that you govern, do you do that knowing that you're going to get blowback or do you do that thinking that you're kind of leading the charge and hoping that people will follow your lead? I think that it's about leading the charge and ensuring that we are creating progressive public policy that can be replicated in states across the country. And I'll go back to the Women's Reproductive Health Equity Act. We in Oregon have had had no restrictions on the access to reproductive health services, including abortion. I felt strongly, my legislative leadership felt strongly that we needed to essentially craft an insurance policy for Oregon women and people with uteruses. And in crafting that legislation, we've created what I think will be the model for the country to ensure that women across these United States have access to the full complement of reproductive health services. So it was very much from a feminist perspective and the work that I have been doing since I was 13 years old, making sure that women in this state have access to the health care that they need. Mm -hmm. On the subject of reproductive rights, there's a measure on uh, Oregon's ballot next week that's an anti-abortion measure. Yes. If abortion rights can be stripped in Oregon, what does that mean for the rest of the country? Or if they can be threatened to be stripped in Oregon? So we have, the, one of the blessings of Oregon is that we have a very active initiative and referendum system. And it's relatively simple and relatively not very expensive to get an initiative on the ballot. Uh, I would certainly argue that this measure qualified under very questionable uh, circumstances. Uh, and But that being said, it's on the ballot. I'm confident we are going to defeat it. The ballot measure would essentially deny low-income women access to reproductive health services and prohibit public employees' insurance from covering abortions. I actually think it's the wrong way to go. I think we want to be focused on making sure that all women, all people, have access to the health care that they need. And the campaign's theme is no cuts to care. And I think you do not want to, we do not want to be treating women's reproductive health services as any different than any other health care service. And that's really been a challenge for this country, honestly. My experience in working in the legislature was that what insurance companies covered was what a healthy white male needed. And it took us a whole hell of a lot of work to make sure that we got permanent coverage for insurance coverage for mammograms, for gynecological exams. And it took me 16 years, hard years, to get insurance companies to cover contraceptives, mm -hmm. even though two-thirds of them covered abortion. It was sort of backwards. 
we want all of these reproductive health care services covered because that's what healthy women need in this country. Mm-hmm. With less than a week away from the election and in the middle of a, a hard race, what is one thing you're doing besides drinking hot chocolate to distress? Oh, I am a compulsive uh, exerciser. <laughs> so this morning I did a, it wasn't a really hot yoga class, but a pretty nice hot yoga class. Yesterday I did a high intensity interval training class and then did a two mile walk to cool down. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. That's like the least harmful vice you could possibly have. <laughs> I think so. Well, Governor Brown, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, and good luck next Tuesday. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. Yep, Give no them problem. hell. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. We have to take a break, but when we come back, actor and activist Amber Heard joins us. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, got to drink some water. Got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have. I refuse to be uncomfortable if I want to be productive. I refuse (laughs) to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place 
lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like denim shirt, denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit falling just above the knee while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. That's perfect. He is like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're... They look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now. And I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip. And they still looked great. It was like, Dad... Your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And we're back. Hysteria is delighted today to welcome Amber Heard. She's an actor and activist. She is appearing in the new Aquaman film, which is released in the U.S. in December. You can also catch her in Justice League, Pineapple Express, Zombieland, and more. But she's also a domestic and sexual violence prevention activist who has spoken on behalf of the U.N. Human Rights uh, Council in Geneva. And she was recently in her home state of Texas supporting Beto O'Rourke. Amber, welcome. Hi. Hi. I'm so glad to be here with you. Yeah, and also Amber's friend brought uh, red wine. It was actually Amber, too. It was, it was a tandem thing, and then I really, she, her friend put it down on the they table. They came in, like, triumphantly and... raising it, like, we're drinking red yeah. wine. Or just like, we are allowed to be here, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's noon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, we walked in five minutes past noon, so yeah. I feel like it's... It's the afternoon. Yes. It's also a holiday, so it's like, you could wake up on Halloween and drink at 8 a.m., 
that, it's a fact. Yeah, totally. I think that's fine. You so know, there is a holiday for pretty much every day of <laughs> oh, the yeah, year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got wasted on National Hot Dog Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, do you guys want to cheers. Cheers, cheers with our plastic cups of red wine? Cheers. Arr, arr, arr. Oh, yeah. Ke- Pirate Karen. Is Pirate Karen. Cheers. All right, cheers. 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 Oh, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Isn't it nice? Mm-hmm. It's nice. Thank it's you. Kind of thank like, you. Thank you. I want to oh. dip some bread in some olive oil right now. Like, it just would go so, you know, anyway. It takes so little to make me so happy. <laughs> Although I'm like, oh. <laughs> so today on Halloween, I guess you guys are all listening to this on All Saints Day, which is, I guess if you're Catholic, it's a day your parents make you go to church and you hate it. But we're going to talk about something called safety work. Megan, you were the one who suggested we talk about this. Do you want to talk a little bit about what safety work is? Yeah, so I first heard about this particular study on NPR that was done in the UK. I I think I was initially drawn to it because the woman reporting it had such an incredible British accent. <laughs> and even though <laughs> she was talking about very, very uh, serious stuff. I know on pa- a past episode we talked about the time we spend getting ready and like sort of like the makeup and the hair and those. So this is very similar in that sense, but it deals with safety concerns and much more frightening materials. So taking a different route home because you don't want to walk by a certain place, Um, making sure your key is kind of positioned in a way in your hand so you could ram it into somebody's jugular if you need to. Has anybody Um, ever done that? I don't know, but, but every woman no, I know does knows that story. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> they all we all carry our keys like that. Yeah, but like, what would if somebody snuck up behind me? I wouldn't be like, boom. I would oh, be my like, key is dull too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think it would like bounce off of someone. <laughs> um, but those type of things. I mean, I think about it in the sense of when my boyfriend and I go to bed. By the time I am climbing into bed, actually, he has been asleep for 45 minutes because I'm checking all the doors. I'm making mm-hmm. sure our alarm is set. I'm also doing a very intense moisturizing routine on my face. So it's kind of a twofold thing of like, listen, I got to look good, but I also want to make sure I'm alive to see this La Mer reach its like proper course. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was pretty extreme, but I used to live with a dude who wouldn't close the door. Like, he wouldn't close the door to the house, and I had to be, like, multiple times. That's psychotic. I, I had to be, like, multiple times, hey, so, like, you know, any day that's a rape-free day, I consider it to be a good day, so if we could, like, keep that track record up, it'd be <laughs> super dope, that'd be really great. If you could just close the door, you know, I want to keep this day rape-free, too. And? You know, and he'd be like, yeah, yeah, rape-free, rape-free, got it, got it, yeah, yeah, gotta close the door. And he just wouldn't, That's it's just a different, it's a different yeah. way to live when you have a larger body. You didn't know this. You were doing safety work mm-hmm. yeah. just by closing your door. Mm-hmm. That was that took time out of your day to try and educate a man that he should close a door in his home. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how many times. I mean, do you live? On, did you live on the first floor? Yeah, it's a it's both floors. It's, so yeah, like, that was a whole conversation when I first moved to like a city. It was like, oh no, you can't live on the first or second floor of any place. Are you crazy? Like mm-hmm. you're moving mm-hmm. by yourself? What are you doing? And I was like, oh yeah, duh, of course, of course. And I remember, you know, I was saying to my friend the other day, she was like, oh, you know, I got this new place. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, is it on the first floor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the first question I yeah. asked her. And she's a forty year old woman who's lived a lot of life. Like, wh- why is this even a topic of conversation when we're talking about real estate? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and I also think a lot about like. You know, the things that we do that are safety work sometimes are just 
things that we do to self-soothe because it's not like if there's a rapist in your neighborhood, he's not just going door to door being like, woohoo, this one open? Mm-hmm. Nope. Okay. Moving on to the next one until he finds an open one. Although I did read a story once about a serial killer that did that. But <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> he would have had a lot of luck in Canada. Yeah, he would have. He would have done great in Canada. But that was. But that's the thing. Like sometimes we do things like we carry our keys in between our fingers, even though if we really got attacked, like I'm not a trained fighter. I would just yell. Literally, that is. I would, ugh, I would do yeah. an ugly. The noise I made during the last episode of the Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> During a jump scare, I would make that noise and then I wouldn't fight with my keys. You know, I don't have a fight reflex. I have a flight reflex. And then, you know, also, if somebody wants to break into your house, like you locking the door isn't going to stop them from getting in. You know what I mean? And like if somebody wants to. And I, I, some, I sometimes think that safety work contributes to a tendency that people have to victim blame. Not saying that it always does, but you think that, you know, things that happen to people happen to those people because they didn't do something Mm -hmm. or because they were walking the wrong way. And when in reality, sometimes bad things just happen. Yeah. A lot of these are, like, much bigger, too. So not just keys and doors, but, like, deciding to move out of a particular city because instances of violence against women are on the rise or choosing neighborhoods based on that. I'm When I was in New York, I, I had friends that lived in guy friends who lived in neighborhoods that they were like, well, all oh, the place down the street opened up. And I'm like, I can't live there. Like, it's yeah. not safe for me to walk from the train to there. And so I would be spending more money to live in a place that felt safer to me. And then I would always be like, well, if I had moved to that place where I felt less safe, less safe or more susceptible to violence against a woman walking alone at night, I would have had to take cars. Yeah. And so I would justify like, the uptick in my rent of like I would have been taking a car, but then if I get into a car with a man who I don't know at night, I I know that doesn't have great results. I've also seen the bone collector. So <laughs> there's like all of these things of like you're kind of damned if you do, but people leave jobs sometimes and then have to take a lower salary because their boss was harassing them. I mean, that's a form of safety work as well. I, I think it's interesting because, it, I mean, what you're saying is essentially the we're always constantly running this equation that in the back of our head as women, mm-hmm. the reward to cost ratio. And that balance is what we're, it's an, it's, it's a process we're running in the background at all times. Like, okay, like I, I don't want to wear, you know, I, I don't really feel like wearing a, a turtleneck today. Um, I'd actually kind of just like to just like, you know, walk around without my bra. Frankly, um, mm-hmm. I can because I'm so, you know, blessed. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, right? But, you know, like, I mean, it's something as simple as that. You know, like, I, I don't want to, right? But I, I'm making all these decisions actively, going, you know, because I have to go in public. So that's just, you know, I have to get through life. And the reward of of feeling like I can actually ex- exhale fully <laughs> without mm-hmm. being, without having this, like, rubber band around my ribcage for no reason, mm-hmm. other than to mitigate some of the attention that would you know, befall me uh, otherwise. Which and might be unwanted. It's we, like you're just trying to live your yeah. life. So it would change the way that you dress or the change. You, you, before you leave your house, you're making a mental calculus of like, do I want a certain amount of attention? Well, I think we're always doing that, not even just with yeah. attention to our bodies. We're, women are constantly running the occasion. Where we're, like from a very early age, I think all of us, in my opinion, all of us learn very early on that 
we're, an implicit apology will be expected of us for the way that our appearance affects others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we're, we're sort of the cultivators mm-hmm. of the mood around us at all times. We're like, I, I mm-hmm. made a, a great joke with a friend. It's like, we're the host of every social interaction. We're the ones responsible for how it goes. So <laughs> we come in being like, well, it's a, the theme is I'm not wearing a bra. Yeah. Like coming in, the theme is I put on lipstick today. So you mm-hmm. treat me this way. The theme is that I'm wearing running clothes. And so you, you know, think I look disgusting or whatever. And I think that that's something really interesting, too, because it's not just safety when like life or death death safety it's like social safety and social comfort of uh, on your end and i think a lot about the way that you know if we somehow dress in a way that men or people on the outside but usually men if they think it is giving them a certain signal and they respond to that signal and we weren't we don't want to be a part of it then it's they're like mad at us which is something that's always been fucking crazy to me kind of belittles men too like yeah, like who are these guys like that feel good about being like you know i don't know if this is still i remember one of the rules in um in some you know more conservative um uh, countries in the middle east um they best base the woman's dress code on you know little things like you know shoes that couldn't make noise and you know because it would uh, you know invoke the image of a woman wa- a woman's legs walking and like all these kind of things that felt really like babying to men mm-hmm. i remember like i was like god that's kind of insulting if i was a dude in this situation yeah. i'd be like uh really <laughs> fuck you i mean i like i think i can i can, I can I, hear a clog yeah <laughs> without getting a boner yeah yeah <laughs> it's sort of the detergent dad phenomenon too where it's like well i can't do it you guys got to take care of it for me mm-hmm. where it's like okay guys if you're in charge of like most fortune 500 companies and most governments and you've always been the president Yet you can't handle a woman walking around without a bra on. What? Should you be in charge? Like, or are you just pretending that you can't handle it yourself when a woman is walking around without a bra on? There's a term for that. There, there's, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's almost like a selective incompetence where it's like, I can run a company, I can do this, and then it's like, whoops, I messed up, or I can't do the dishes, or oh, well, you weren't wearing a bra, so I had to put my dick in your butt. You know, <laughs> like, excuse. yeah, yeah. What? It's like, yeah, that's what that, the people say. That, that is a direct sentence. quote from the people. That escalated. Erin, it's what the people say. That escalated. So, quickly yeah yeah the butt was definitely an aggressive choice yeah (laughs) well it's 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 a direct quote from my imagination so um this is uh, interesting and sad there was um research done by i believe this is a gentleman jackson katz and he asked the question how do you avoid being sexually assaulted on a daily basis Mm. men's only answer was nothing i don't think about it and Mm. women had over 30 ways they answered um, yeah. and I think that that is truly uh, breaks it down perfectly. It's just we have over 30 different things that we're thinking about and they're thinking about nothing, which does allow them to be like, oh, I'm going to try and run this company because they're not factoring in any of these other things. Mm-hmm. Going well, back to something Amber said earlier, she said that it's a program that's always running. It's like if you have a program on your computer that's always taking up 20% of mm-hmm. the RAM, like you can't go through life as a full human being if you're constantly like, oh, am I, you know, do should I get a big dog? Or like, should I think about getting a gun? Should I do a like Jennifer Lopez and enough montage yeah. situation where I'm practicing firing or whatever? But that takes away from our ability to live life as like fully realized people, I think. 
and that's I'm not that's just physical. Uh, you know, we're just breaking it down to one category of violence against women. That's physical. We're not even talk, talking about the social economics, the time uh, equity, the sweat equity that we're also putting into running these, you know, um, programs instead of living in that neighborhood um, that we that's actually closer to work and makes more sense for our lives or you know using that a little bit of extra money that we're spending on taking a cab instead of or you know in taking yeah. you know an uber instead of a cab whatever or you know and actually not uber but you know it's like <laughs> i mean right every single time there's a new solution it's, it's like it's a new set of problems basically that's that's something too it's like we do these things to try to avoid being sexually assaulted which avoid sexual assault from somebody that you don't know you know, and like Amber, I'm sure you've dealt with this in your work, but you know, most of the time that women find themselves the victims of you know sexual violence, it's at the hands of somebody that they know. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the majority of victims of female homicide, well over half, um, happen at the hands of an intimate partner, mm. their boyfriend or or husband. I think we're we're breaking this down, and and we're talking about all these measures that we can take to protect ourselves from, you know. Even if we implemented all of these things and we uh, just always chose the safest neighborhood, went out in packs, had a curfew. I mean, when was the last time you just ran at night? Mm-hmm. You know, if we did everything, uh, you know, had beepers and rape whistles and everything, it, it would only protect us against the violence that befell us from strangers. Yeah, not from outside. But, not, the, mm-hmm. the, but statistically, you know who hurts us the most? The men we know. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's the thing. Men and, I, I, you know, no man... Like you take a woman and a man, you, the 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 strength disparity. I don't care what kind of training you have. I don't care what you know, like martial arts movie you've uh, <laughs> programmed into your head. I don't right. care. What, it doesn't. It, the disparity between physical strength is is unlike. It, there's just they're not comparable. Um, case in point is like, have you ever tried to push a man? You can't push him over. But men no. push a woman, she falls like a toddler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just the physical strength disparity. You mentioned that earlier. I yeah. Think. And it's, it's just not fair. But I've, I've definitely, I remember one time I was dating someone and we were, I was like, oh, let's arm wrestle. Like just as a joke. Do you know what I mean? And he was like, yeah. So he goes, you know, this is, I'm going to beat you like <laughs> by a lot. And I was like, yeah, let's just do it. But it was, it was so because I think in we all live in our own experience, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like in my mind, I tower like a colossus over the world. I feel very big, you know. I feel like a big. I feel like a big person. I feel like, a, and then I'll see a my big bitch. I feel like a big, big bitch. badass I feel like bitch. A big bitch. <laughs> and then, and then when I see myself next to other people, I'm like, oh my, I'm like so physically small. Yeah. In comparison to a guy who's six two or six feet, I'm I'm a I'm a small person. So if and. This is a, if somebody decides to get physical with you, it's a it's incredibly scary. Like and B, it's just like if you freeze, but also just if you're not a trained black belt or martial artist or whatever, if you're not like really like this is a thing that you do physically, it is it's so scary because there is such a discrepancy in 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 just pure size. Mm-hmm. And I am always curious about when you deal with like all of that shit that you're talking about, the idea of safety work, Megan, and all of the things that everyone here is talking about. And then you're also supposed to be vulnerable and open in your personal life and in your relationships. It's like how to like in terms of living like a full person. Right. You know, how do you negotiate those two things together? Right. Yeah. How do you how do you go from being like a battle axe to like a human being that's correct (laughs) and like it's really hard to go through the world trying to have those defenses up i think it's even harder 
when you consider that, you know, like Amber was mentioning, that most uh, violence against women happens at the hands of people that they know, of intimate partners. So you have to balance that, the fact that they're probably bigger than you, and then also that you have feelings for them. And, like, so that mm. becomes a whole different thing, too. The type of safety work that we do defends us against the, like, anonymous, horrifying, like, horror story violence but like the the insidious everyday sort of thing like we don't really we don't really get trained on how to deal with that you know nobody sits you down and says like this is the safety work you do to protect yourself right from your shithead guy friend who like every time girls get drunk like he tries to corral the drunkest one or like Mm. from this shithead boyfriend who like does this to you like we don't get trained on how to handle that which Mm -hmm. is so fucked up well, and a lot of times there are, you know, I've had friends. So in my own personal experiences, when I have friends who are like in abusive relationships, their mothers were in abusive relationships. So the relationships they grew up seeing between men and women were dysfunctional. And so it's very hard to recognize it within your own life when you're being gaslit and and they and the, you're you're almost trained to put up with their bullshit because you've been seeing other women in your life that you very much look up to put up with that bullshit. So mm-hmm. women are master endurers. Like that's what we're good at. Like mm-hmm. I think also because it's that it's that reward to cost benefit ratio we're constantly running. Like you're running a family, you're trying to make, you're making, you know, up until recently even less, but what 80 cents to the dollar, 70 cents to the dollar if you're a white woman, you know, that you're 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 trying to maintain a job, be competitive in a job market that already sees you every single year you get older and especially after a child less valuable. You're trying to maintain that job while earning less, while running a family, while also keeping a a, a, a number, you know, you know other aspects of your life open and going and a you tab on your safety yeah and then you are also doing all this safety work for free <laughs> just at the yeah at the cool cost of or the cool benefit of not being raped that day yeah. or you know uh maybe punched that day you know like and you're doing a lot of that work it's just really exhausting so imagine at some point you can understand why our mothers and our mother's mothers you know had to just keep some things you know, they had to get, endure some things and get through and push through because there was just other, so much other life. And I still think that's the case. And so often we're like, well, it's not mm-hmm. worth me losing my social capital, uh, my job, my relationship. Marital status. Yeah. A lot of times my, econo- my economic dependency, yeah. like my economic mm-hmm. uh, uh, dependency, um, you know, my family, all the ba- power balances that are that we have to mitigate you know, against our own basic safety will often make women, not often, almost always make women choose to quietly endure or at the risk of their own safety or um, make these kind of compromises in exchange for getting on with life and being mm-hmm. able to survive it. And we, until we like way challenge all those other aspects, we are not giving women a fair, it, women do just, we have to recognize that the, like, how unfair the opportunity is for women mm-hmm. to stand up for themselves. Even if we were physically, and I'm not just talking about physically, like in, like in terms of strength <laughs> and size, even if we were equal, which we, we are not. all a colossus. Like Kieran is <laughs> like delusional you. in her mind. We're all a yeah. Kieran size big bit. Yeah. yeah. That's correct. That's correct. Um, yeah, I think, you know, one thing that stuck out to me that you said, Amber, was like the quiet part of the endurance is mm-hmm. I think that the solution to this is not being quiet anymore. And 
there are safer places to be quiet, going back to the whole safety thing. There's safe places to be quiet, to be to, to not be quiet, and then there are places that are less safe. It feels like talking to other women is a safe place to start if you're deciding to not be quiet anymore. Because one thing that I will say about this political era that we're in is that I feel like women are now, we have each other's backs in a way that we never really have before. And I think that if, you know, one thing that's really important is that we establish open communication between our female friends, our female family members, and establish a non-judgmental channel of communication between us and our female friends and family members and male allies who can be cool and listen and, and not talk over us or tell us that we're wrong when we're going through something. So that seems to be the solution to me. For all of the shittiness that specifically the Kavanaugh situation brought, I ended up reconnecting with my former sister-in-law because I, I had not spoken to her since my brother and her had a divorce. And I was like, I don't know why I've shut down this relationship that did mean something to mm. me. And she was a valuable like female voice in my life and I like reached out to her the day of the hearings and was like I'm, I'm thinking of you and you know and she immediately texted back and was like hearing from you brought tears to my eyes mm -hmm. and it was like mm. oh it, it has so like it they've pushed us and they've told us that like it doesn't matter what you say but we are silently and in some ways loudly forming an army of people that we used to even be enemies with to be like we are all united in the fact that we are women and we have had shared experiences at the hands of your bullshit <laughs> and, and understanding that collective like that people in endurance I think sometimes that happens silently people are enduring the shame or like what did I do to deserve this is an internal monologue that so many people go through like in my family culturally there's like been a ton of domestic violence in just just for a ton of my mother's sisters do you know what I mean and just the way that Indian culture treats that and that's not across the board but in my family it was there's just such a shame mm -hmm. um that's that's kind of perpetuated and so it's like people shut down they don't talk about it and then when people do start talking you realize oh, like this person's had similar experiences or this person can relate to this aspect of this thing or this person. And and there's actually this whole, like, and that's what Me Too is to me. It's like this this collective that's been bubbling under the mm -hmm. surface for years. It's not that the circumstances have changed. It's that people are communicating with one another mm -hmm. and speaking out as a collective together. Mm -hmm. It's totally. amplified. The, it's, it's contributed to the tidal wave, um, you know, the, 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 the tide of in, in indignation towards harassment and violence against women of all kinds. The, 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 you know, our voices all weighing in together and having a platform where it resonates has really been, it's, it's, it's been really moving and important and, and inspiring um, and galvanizing, I think, for so many women because up until very recently, you would have to make all of these terrible trades. You'd have to, you know, uh, for, forfeit or risk a job, family, economic uh, uh, stability, you name it, to stand up for yourself and mm -hmm. now that there's a collective conversation going you can see how it's how it's kind of changing the the tone of um of the way that we start to understand and address violence it, mm -hmm. toward gender-based violence and mm -hmm. so it, we've gone from like blaming the victims to shaming predators or at least tempt, attempting to mm -hmm. um uh, depending on how powerful they are uh from dismissing <laughs> women's accounts to believing them you yeah. know and that's mm -hmm. really inspiring because that's i've i've noticed just in the last few years how much that is 
changed. I think it's really about social media and, and, and connectedness and, and a few external aggravating external factors like that <laughs> shit show we all watched happen unfold before our eyes in yeah. the form of a Supreme Court nomination mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or grab him by the pussy and then the and then yeah. and then women's I, I really do believe that that's a bit you know women's marches as a result of Trump it's just like people are like oh we're not gonna this fucking sucks yeah, yeah. We have to take a break, but before we go, I just want to point out that just because October was Domestic Violence Awareness Month, that doesn't mean that you need to not be aware of it for the rest of the year. We will link in the show notes to some organizations if you're interested in learning more or contributing to help domestic violence survivors. Um, We'll have those in the show notes for you again. Uh, But we'll be right back with more Hysteria. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Guys, it's been a rough year going to get rougher and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet you could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender do your worst but we have a better idea for you which is pick out something from the crooked store the store is stocked with tons of new merch it's perfect for the spring and classics like the friend of the pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship depending on how things go pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year or a hat celebrating your favorite pod go to crooked.com store to shop Hysteria is brought to you by Farmer Girl Flowers. Wow, guys. I'm feeling seen. <laughs> I am a I little gr- bit, too. I grew up on a, on a small hobby farm, so I'm feeling seen by this flower company. So, anyway. 80% of the flowers are ordered by women for other women. Wait, what? I believe that. I send a lot of flowers. Farm Girl Flowers is the only large-scale e-com flower delivery service that is 100% women-owned wow. and 70% female-run. That's cool. Super. Shop flowers designed by women for the women in your life with Farm Girl Flowers. There's no faster way to go from needing to buy a gift to nailing a gift than going to Farm Girl Flowers. My mom sends me flowers every Aww. year for my birthday, and this year the card she sent on it said, Another birthday. 
Uh, anyway, if you're my mom, go to farmgirlflowers.com and enter the promo code hysteria at checkout to receive a 10% off your purchase. Don't forget to follow Farm Girl Flowers on Instagram and Facebook to get beautiful flowers delivered in your feed, too. And we're back. This is the part of the show where we uh, take adamant stances that matter not at all. The hills will die on this week. Megan, do you want to go first? I will. This is a... You'll see. So if you're listening to this podcast on Thursday, the day it comes out, as the Lord intended, um, exactly. you have time to participate in Steal a Base, Steal a Taco. Now, listen, you don't have to steal a base. The base was already stolen by Mookie Betts of the Red Sox. You can go to Taco Bell no matter where you live during 2 to 6 p.m. and get a free Doritos Locos Taco. Now, the hill I will die on <laughs> is that free food is the greatest joy in life. Mm, mm. It brings me—I've already had a pumpkin cookie I didn't pay for today— Cheez-Its mm. and spicy pistachio nuts provided by the dear people of Crooked Media. <laughs> and tomorrow, Taco Bell will be giving out free tacos because a man ran really, really fast and stole a base. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> okay. Uh, opposite, first of all. Uh, I think that free food requires you to stand in line for a time that makes, that takes more, it takes more of my time than the value of the food. Happy to You know do what it. I mean? Like, <laughs> I am, I, <laughs> me too. I'm like, free, free. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with what you. What about free. like Costco samples? No, I don't. What? No. I mean, <laughs> honestly, my parents, parents classy. my parents classy had a um, uh, hepatitis C scare um, because they <laughs> got a sample and they got a sample. I will not <laughs> name the business, but they took a sample from a business and then it was listed in the local paper that if you took a sample on this day during those hours, you may have been exposed to hepatitis C. <laughs> so my parents had to go to the like board of health and get tested. They do not have hepatitis C and they are so uh, loyal <laughs> and proud that they still get free samples even after that hepatitis C scare. Did they wow. have to pay for the hepatitis T- nope, C test? No, the state of Indiana footed that bill. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kieran, <laughs> what hill do you want to die That's on? That's I mean, I don't know if I can beat that hill, man. It's I'm big on I the the hill I'll die on is is uh this this might be a little controversial, especially since I came in the outfit. Um, but I'm bracing myself for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just hold hold your hold on to the table. Look, I, I I'm I can get behind a holiday, but the idea of the decorations in a place with no weather is so dumb. It's so dumb. I mean, it's sunny, and then you want to put jack-o'-lanterns and drink apple cider that's warm you know like what are you doing you want to put up a christmas tree you want to put up a christmas there's no snow there's no the lights the twinkle i don't get it but this is how we know that it's that i know and it's so and it just doesn't make any sense it just doesn't make any sense i have a ghoul projector at my directed on my garage right now i mean my house is decorated like the adams family lives there and i didn't do it my boyfriend did it but don't you think that that helps be like oh it's halloween even though it's 85 but it's like the it's like it's like this i don't know it just makes me feel like there's this false passage of time and i understand but time is actually passing karen that's the thing like we don't know we don't know erin i disagree with that time is a construct it's not like an airplane that never lands and then it's never the next day construct or passing in reality is still you um are spending it in a 
pirate outfit. That's <laughs> correct. That's, that's correct. I will be in this for the rest of the year because time is a construct. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen like a Santa ornament and he has a surfboard? I hate that. That is a hoot. <laughs> Santa, you got a job to do and it's not on vacation. So I might This upset- is the one year. I'm a, the I'm one cl- day of the year. I'm clearly upsetting a lot of people even here and I will say it's a very accepting group of hills. So. Oh yeah. Well that's true. Okay so my hill that I'll die on this week is that you should end every shower by turning the hot water totally off and standing in the freezing cold for 30 seconds. That's my hill. After you do that, you can just tackle the day. Why? And you do this every shower. I do this almost every shower, yeah. Why? Who hurt you? (laughs) (laughs) Mostly myself. That's next week. (laughs) Who hurt you is the title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, it's just just like very, uh, if you ever go to like a Korean spa, how you go into like a sauna and then you go like dump the like freezing cold water on you. It's like that, but in your own shower. Okay. I I stand, I I will die on this. Yeah. I will die of hypothermia on this this hill. (laughs) Okay, Amber, what's your hill? Um, well, this is, uh, I'm, I'm a little nervous considering this crowd and all crowds, frankly. Okay, I'm not proud of this, but uh, honest, safe space, right? Yes, safe, safe. yes. Yeah. I don't like Joni Mitchell's music. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> and it's cost me friendship. Yeah, you're going to have to turn your mentions off for yeah. this. <laughs> the way gonna... you looked back at your friend and she was like, go for it. <laughs> no, no, no. She, no she's like, <laughs> she was like, oh, oh yeah, she was like, don't do it. Yeah, don't yeah. do it. She's still she's still questioning whether she wants to be my friend or not. <laughs> oh, man. That's I mean, like, yeah. it's, it's like I, I like everything about uh-huh. I like lyrics, everything. I just, it's. I think it's a res- like a pitch resonance thing. Mm. I just doesn't. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I'm, That's I, like I'm, not liking Joan Didion. Like I honestly, know. I'm not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, those are, those are the hills we're gonna die on this week. Uh, Amber, thank you so much for coming by. Thanks to Governor Kate Brown of Oregon. Thanks to Megan and Kieran for being perfect angels as every week. Arr. And uh, <laughs> we'll be back with more hysteria next week. I am from another planet. This nation Janet. These girls gotta fan it. One, two, K, email, and scan it. Don't take no for an answer. I'm a girl with a mouth that's overdone. Right, cause girls just wanna have fun. So, Annie, get your gun.